No country has ever prospered that failed to put its own interests first. We will no longer surrender this country or its people to the false song of globalism. New Right Network presents Right Now, the featured podcast of New Right Network. Mobilizing, countering the left, energizing the right. New Right Network, home of the New Right Movement. Hello and welcome to New Right Network's Right Now podcast. I'm your host, Austin Hike. Uh, with me today is author Ava Armstrong. Ava Armstrong, um, kind of former member of Corporate America, is now spending time writing uh, romance and thrillers as a published author. Um, and I guess from there, um, Ava, we want to kind of get to know you a little more. Oh, great. Thank you so much for having me on today. So, what? so tell us, tell us kind of how, give us your background. Okay. 20 years in corporate America. And that was really fun. It was um, very fast paced job. I traveled a lot, um, raised my daughter while I was working. And my husband has been a terrific help <laughs> in that regard. And there was a, an opportunity, I should say, for me to leave the company and ha- keep my pension Um, It's kind of called a golden parachute, I think. But I decided, you know, a lot of people were were crying that day because, you know, a lot of people were leaving and, you know, a lot of people were crying. And I was like one of the few people smiling. And they looked at me kind of like I was crazy. And they said, well, what are you going to do? And I said, I think I'll do something that I really enjoy. And I wasn't quite sure exactly what it would be, but I knew it would be involved with writing because I've always enjoyed writing. And I have two um, bachelor degrees and which the company paid for while I was going, while I was working there, they paid for all of that as well. So the goodbye wasn't all that sad for me. I mean, I just took it and, you know, ran with it and invested my money in a stock market that was, you know, hot and growing at that time. And my husband was extremely supportive. And that's the other piece that's very helpful. So I just started thinking, what do I want to write? Um, There are many things you can write about, I could be like a political, you know, commentator, writer Mm -hmm. type person. Um, But that can get really grueling sometimes. And I'm a big, big thriller. Uh, fan. I've read like, you know, lots of the top, you know, big best-selling authors. And I was a a huge fan of Vince Flynn. I don't know if you remember him, but he passed away sadly. And I read everything that Vince ever wrote. And I loved his, his method of writing. It was very, very exciting. The only thing that was missing from his novels, though, I wanted him to have, I wanted the main character to have like a girlfriend, okay, or some kind of relationship. And he did have that in one of his novels, but he killed off the wife, the potential wife to be. So, <laughs> so I always, I've always been kind of disappointed when I ended one of his novels. I was like, oh, you know, I, I wish there could have been like a woman in his life that could have been somehow involved, even in some of his missions or something. 
so that's when kind of the the idea kind of germinated. And at the at this particular time, uh, Marcus Luttrell had just written uh, Lone Survivor, and I read that book. And he also wrote another book called Service, and I read that book. And that one actually brought me to tears a couple of times. And I was beginning to um, figure out, I guess, who my heroes are. And my heroes are basically people who run toward danger and help other people. I, I just have this great admiration for these folks. So I decided that would be the person I would write about, um, somebody that's a, a hero. Well, good. So, you know, as I was looking over, um, you know, a lot of your books, um, how many have you written now so far? Right now it's 18. Okay. That's, that's what I was thinking. I, I did see, um, so you, you've written quite a few books. Uh, what was, what was the first book you wrote? The very first one was a sense of duty. And that was the one about a former Navy SEAL. And he leaves the Navy after several tours in Iraq and Afghanistan. Um, and he's very um, disillusioned. I, sh I should explain, I guess. He was not happy with the way war was being waged at that time. And actually, Obama was pr president at that time. So I, I wrote a little bit. I didn't say Obama in the book, but when you read it, you can tell. <laughs> what you know what he's what yeah. he's unhappy about um, yeah he's unhappy about a lot of the political stuff you know that's involved in in warfare and you know these guys are basically pawns really i mean if you're in the military it's like you know you can't refuse an order or anything yeah. so he leaves anyways and he has ptsd and he's beaten up pretty bad and he goes and he spends two years alone um he buys a um a cabin it's a cottage on the water at Prince Edward Island, which is in Nova Scotia, which is in Canada. And he stays at this cottage and he's doing a lot of soul searching and he buys a dog. And of course the dog helps him with his PTSD and with his problems sleeping. And he's, he has this guy that he's contacted, he worked with, in the field in his military career as a Navy SEAL, there was a guy named Moshe. Um, he's an Israeli gentleman and he's a Mossad uh, person. And they still keep in touch and they play video games and stuff and they, they kind of talk on this video game, this chat on the video game. And, you know, Moshe kind of like tells him, well, why don't you think about, you know, doing private contracting work? And that's when, you know, this, this guy starts thinking about it. His name, his name is Ben in the book, um, Lieutenant Ben Keegan. And he starts thinking about um, pulling together the guys that have left service um, because, you know, he had his unit of eight guys and he's thinking, hmm, I wonder what they're doing. So he kind of gathers them all together and they start talking and there are two gentlemen that um, were killed in action and it was very difficult for him to go through all of that. There's, there's a lot in the book. I mean, I've had a lot of people review it and 
I've had a lot of military men review it mm-hmm. and men and women, and they were stunned that I was a female and I had never been in the service. Um, you know, I've never been in the military. They were like, what? You've got to be a man. You can't be a woman. There's no way you're a woman, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but I am a woman. And, <laughs> and I just, I, like I said, I've read so many thrillers and I, and I also read books that are biography type books too. Um, mm-hmm. I read a few other uh, Navy SEAL books before I embarked on this whole project. And now I've, I've got five books in that series. Um, A Sense of Duty is the first book, and that one sets up like time, place, characters, and so forth. And he meets this woman, of course, in the story, which is, you know, she has kind of a dark, hidden secret in her past as well. And he meets her, and, you know, it's, I don't want to spoil the story for you, but um, there are things that are hindering them from being together. So, he tries to make the best of it and she has her own set of problems too. So it's, it's kind of interesting. And the way that I write is also very different. Um, A lot of people ask me, you know, why do you write this way? And they said they can't stop reading once they start, but what it is, I write in multiple point of view. So when you're reading, you know, the book, you're reading Ben Keegan's thoughts about her and then the next chapter you're reading her impressions of him and you're right inside of the character's head it's kind of different um there's a romance writer who uh writes like that and i i really enjoyed his work so i kind of big borrowed and, and stole from you know all different authors that i liked and i tried to pull those things together and you know use my voice so okay yeah, I read a lot of the reviews uh, on the book there, and, and that's kind of the impression I got from it, that, uh, you know, there, there's a lot of people that like it, a lot of different points of view, um, and just, just a really fascinating book. Yeah, um, and great fun to write. I mean, I'm writing book number six right now in that series. I've had so many people ask me for book six, and that book will... Um, Ben Keegan will be dealing with infiltrating gangs and uh, that will be a very violent book, but I think it's a book that needs to be written. Yeah. Well, I can't wait for that to come out then. (laughs) (laughs) And I also, I've, sorry, I've also written two children's series as well. I I saw that. Um, uh, What are, I guess what what prompted you to go from the the book you're writing there to also writing uh, the the children's series? Well, I have a couple of girlfriends, and they have young children. Um, One of my friends has a child that's um, preschool or, you know, kindergarten age. Mm -hmm. And she was telling me, you know, there are just no good books. I mean, she's on Amazon searching and searching, you know. So I yep. said, well, let, let me go on Amazon and see if I can find, you know, a good author or something. So I started searching through. And you know how you can look inside and read part of the book or, you know, you read the description of what the book's about and so forth. A lot yep. of these books were really scary. They're not something you would want to read your child at bedtime. So I decided to write 
um, a little series. It's a three book series that I did about a little girl and she's in school. She's starting school and she has all these things on her mind. And she has a garden shed in the backyard where she, she helps her father in the garden and so forth. And in the garden shed, she finds these little things like a, there's a little tiny bed and there's some other utensils that she finds and they're, they're very miniature sized. And she's wondering, huh, I wonder who these things belong to. And one night she goes out to the garden shed, she left something out there and she goes out there and there's this little man, a little garden gnome, and he's sleeping in the garden shed. And so she starts a conversation with him. Of course, she's terrified of him at first, yeah. but um, they become friends and they have these little, these little adventures together, so. Okay. Yeah, I, I saw that, you know, I was just kind of looking at the range of books you, you've written there, you know, and I was really surprised, you know, when I saw, um, you know, you really like to write a lot with, you know, military and police and things. Um, but then when I saw the kids books, that, that just threw me. So I, I had to at least, I had to ask about that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what, uh, I guess, what else can you kind of tell us about you um, and your, and your background and kind of, you know, I guess some interesting facts about yourself and things you like and um, so that folks kind of get to know you a little better. Okay. Um, I guess one of the pieces of advice I can give to anybody that's in college right now or that's sitting around and they've just, you know, ended one career and thinking of starting another, um, think back to that time when you were probably 12 or 13 years old and you were lying on top of your bed and you were just kind of daydreaming or, you know, maybe you were doing a hobby. What I was doing at that time, actually by age eight, I was making books for the kids in the neighborhood. I was actually writing books and illustrating them at age eight. So when I went to college, I got a business degree and I got a degree in history and one in, I, I got a double major in history and one in English. Well, when I spoke to the, to the English professor every time, I always got an A. And he said to me, why, why are you not writing? Why are you not published, you know? And he would, he would always like bring me in his office and close the door and say, listen, you've really got to take this seriously, you know? And, and I'm, I was kind of, I was working and I was making great money and had a great job. So mm -hmm. I was like, well, I, you know, I don't really want to just blow off this great job. And he's like, oh, you have no idea. You're doing, you're doing such great work here, you know? Yeah. And he, there was one class that I took in English. All the other kids dropped out of the class and I was the only student left. And the professor said to me, I'm still having this class. He said, you're, you're a student, you need to, you know, you want to do this class? And I said, sure. So I, I actually got one-on-one -on -one instruction with him, which was great. And he was very, um, very good, very brutal in some ways, which is what you want as a, as a critic of your writing. You want somebody to be brutally honest with you. Yeah. And he was, he was great. He was just a kindred spirit. He really was. He would sit me down and say, look, I'm going to give you all the, tell you all the bad things you did here. 
And then I'm going to tell you how to do it better. So, you know, there was a lot of writing and rewriting and correcting and editing. And that's where I got a lot of these skills. I already had them, you know, in yeah. my in my quiver when I started. So, you know, he really helped me a lot. And I self-publish on Amazon. Um, I have my own publishing company, actually. And okay. the first book was difficult because... I had never written an entire book before. So there were editing challenges, definitely. I didn't hire an editor. Um, it's very expensive to do those things. So I made oh. myself do it. So. <laughs> <laughs> so you've read it a few times then? I've read that one a few times, yes. The first <laughs> one was, it, it's always the hardest, I think. The first, you know, jump off that cliff that you do because, you know, it's, it's tough. And my only marketing that I do is pretty much on Amazon. And uh, I, I have, I buy Amazon ads once in a while for my books. Um, but I mostly use social media, which is free. So I use Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. And um, I've been on Parler now. That's a parlay. I think you're supposed to say it. Um, <laughs> but um and me as a person, let's see, um, I'm religious, I'm conservative, um, I'm married, happily married. Um, let's see, what else about me? I live in a very remote area, which I won't disclose, but um, I live in a, an area where there are mountains, and I'm, I'm on the edge of a mountain, and I have a lake about 200 feet from my house. Wow. So it's all wooded and natural. Um, there are bear and deer and other critters. <laughs> so if you if you take a morning walk, you want to make sure you, you know, carry your piece with you or something because uh, just a, a short distance from me, a lady just got attacked by a bobcat. So yeah, I did see um, that you are a um, kind of an avid gun enthusiast. I am, um, yes. <laughs> it's one uh, of my weaknesses. I I totally understand that. Um, what uh, I guess what what's your favorite make? Or what what would you recommend for folks? Oh wow! My very first gun was <laughs> was a thirty eight Smith and Wesson revolver, and I still have it to this day. I love that gun. Um, it's easy to use, easy to clean. Um, there is no safety on it, so you have to be aware of that. But a revolver, I don't know, there's just something very basic and simple about a revolver. I love the, the action of it. Um, mm -hmm. I also have a, I have a nine millimeter Glock. Um, that's, that's a nice piece as well. And I have a tactical Mossberg shotgun, which is probably my favorite gun because you get that nice rack, you know, that sound yep. when you rack it. I love that, you know, and oh, yeah. yeah, that's my home defense piece that I use. Um, trying to think what other you, guns I've, I've been in love with. Um, my brother has a Taurus. I shot that a lot. Um, that that's like a hand cannon. It's really big. Yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah. a woman. And so for me, I, you know, I like something a little bit lighter, a little bit easier for me to grip. Um, yeah. 
I'm not quite as you know big as a guy, but and I'm not as strong as a guy. I'll fully admit that up front. So <laughs> I I used to have a a, a six hour P two twenty six. Oh yeah, forty, and mm-hmm. that's a, a double action trigger with a twelve pound trigger pull. Wow, that that, that was a bear. Yeah, that know. that's a big gun. Yeah. Yeah, I, that was something I, I I kind of you know trying to trying to learn a little bit about you there. I, you know, I saw that you were you know the gun enthusiast, and, you know, uh, uh, you know. So that was so I I'm I too am a big gun enthusiast. So I had to make sure that I I worked that in there because mm-hmm. you know being a gun person myself, I had to get get the thoughts and viewpoints from others there. And um, it you know it was interesting when you said that you had the the tactical Mossberg for your home defense gun. Mm-hmm. I also have a, 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 a tactical Mossberg as my home defense gun. Ah. <laughs> I have, I have a 590 a one, um, that I keep. So I can see why you like that one. Yes. And I'm also a person that I love, um, you know, those hiding places you can have like in a room for your gun. Like yep. it, it's, panel that you know opens up and nobody would ever know it's there but you you know um i love stuff like that so i actually have weapons all over the place but (laughs) yeah (laughs) they're not all guns though i have i have knives and i have um i have a taser and i have some other things but every room has something in it that i could fight with if i had to and that comes from just reading a lot of thrillers and reading a lot of military guys and how they live um it's just situational awareness kind of stuff you know yeah, yeah. and it, you know and i and i totally understand that you know and clearly from looking at, at what you've written and the and the work you've put into that you've had to get you know you've had to have some of those conversations with folks and mm-hmm. um you know so i you know to me that that's evident when you when you've got military folks that, that reference you the way they do like that um Clearly that, you know, that, that would tell, you know, the, the readers um, and the folks listening here that, you know, you, you've spent your time, you've done your research, you know, you've written a book that the military folks even say stacks up with them. Mm-hmm. And I think I'm different from other thriller writers in that. And I want to say this up front. Um, there are guys like, you know, Daniel Silver and, and, uh, um, Thor, Brad Thor, these guys are, you know, they're great bestseller writers. They go, they dive deeply into the details of some things. I mean, they could write three or four pages about, you know, putting one drop of paint on a canvas. I mean, it's, you know, they go into fine, fine detail. My work moves rather quickly because I'm writing in multiple point of view. I'm not writing in that third person. So you're only looking at from that character's viewpoint as you move through the story, but it becomes, becomes more and more, um, how do I say it? Almost frantic, you know, as I build you toward the, the climax of the story and it, you know, often it's violent, you know, so, you know, it's kind of a, and then there, there might even be a surprise at the end, or there might be like another violent scene that you're not expecting. There's a lot of that kind of thing that I do, but I won't dive into the deep, deep details of like a firearm or, 
you know, a trigger pull or, you know what I mean? It's pretty much, yeah. I give, give it to you. Boom. It's done. It's gone. You're moving, you know? Yeah. And that's just the way I like to read. But I'm, so I wrote a book that I wanted to read. <laughs> I know it sounds crazy, but there was nobody out there doing this. There were, there were no women that were writing thrillers that were, you know, really gory and realistic and, and yet I did to put a female person in there that could stand up with this guy and, and be his partner, you know? Yeah. Which well, I think, I think that's really cool. That's a cool dynamic, you know? Yeah. Well, it, you know, kind of your point, it takes that right person to go do it. You know, that, you know, that's something you you know, you're passionate about, about writing and the different styles um, and writing a thriller and then how you wanted that to look, you know, there's, you know, that's, um, you know, that's just something that, that you don't, like you said, you don't see a lot and it just takes that right person to write it. Like you said, that's something you were looking for. So that's what you went after in your writing. Yes. And it kind of puts me in my own little weird category. You know, it's like, <laughs> you know, is she a romance writer? Is she a thriller writer? Is she, you know, a lot of it is very suspenseful, you know, um, like I said, a lot of it's pretty graphic. Um, you know, I try to minimize mm. the swear words and all that, but it, they're in there because there are times when you want to punctuate a scene and you need to throw yep. that in, you know, for the, for that effect. But, um, I do not use it, overuse those kinds of things, you know? Yeah. Yep. Well, that's great. Um, I guess is there anything else you want to, you want to tell us about you or anything that you're doing, you know, other than writing, um, is there anything else you got going on, um, that, that where people can find you? Well, they can find me on social media, of course. Um, they can find me on America out loud, which I am a political commentator on there. Um, and I got tons of podcasts on there. If you go on America out loud and you search Ava Armstrong, you'll find all kinds of things that I've talked about. Um, I'm very vocal and very opinionated. Um, I try not to swear. <laughs> <laughs> I get pretty hot when I, when I get into the political realm. Um, but, you know, I, I definitely have my belief system and, you know, and I'm, and I'm a big Trump supporter. So, uh, you know, and I'm, I'm very upfront about that with all of my readers, even in my bio that I wrote for Amazon. Um, they know right up front that I'm conservative. And so they know what to expect. And I'm really targeting that audience, too. I want conservative readers. Um, you know, there's there's plenty of readers out uh, writers that are not conservative out there. As a matter yeah. of fact, I think the vast majority of them are not. And. I really saw that as a niche, too, that needed to be filled. You know, that we need yeah. more conservative writers and more writers that will write about values and about right and wrong and about all the gray area in between as well. Yeah. So. Yeah, and, and that's right. I mean, it, you know, like you said, the, the conservative voice and a lot of those things, it, it's just not there. You know, so to, to have that there is a, is a great thing for us. Yes, um, I, I think there needs to be more of us. Um, yeah. As far as my personal life, I 
you know, I love swimming. I love walking. Um, I have dogs. Um, I have a daughter who's in college. Um, I, you know, I have a normal life outside of writing, but writing is really my true, true love. Yeah. And so I'm really in love with what I do. Well, that's and always that's good. A, that's a good thing. Yes, it is. So we can, so we can find you on Facebook and Twitter. Yes. And Instagram. Okay. Where, uh, and there's uh, a new one called Parler, Palais. I think it's P-A-R-L-E-R. Um, I just started up on there um, because, you know, you can get, you can get kicked off Twitter if you're a conservative. So I know that um, feeling. Yeah. I've been banned from Twitter a couple of times. So I have too. <laughs> weird, weird how that works, huh? Yeah. Isn't that funny? Well, I, I have a feeling there's a lot of bad things coming down the road for conservatives as far as social media and free speech. So I'm a big advocate for free speech. Um, yep. You know, I, I just think, you know, a lot of people criticize, you know, certain people on the left or whatever. And I say, let them talk. Um, you know, it's very good to listen to what they're thinking, what they want to propose as legislation, um, you know, so you can vote against them, yeah. <laughs> you know. <laughs> well, and, it, and it, it's just dialogue. It, it is. It is. Yeah. If, if you don't engage in that, it's just, you know, everybody yelling at each other. Exactly. Exactly. So um, I guess we'll go ahead and close it out here then. Uh, unless you got mm -hmm. any more to add there, anything else uh, you want to follow up with? No, I greatly appreciate you giving me some time. Well, I, I'm happy to have you here and I'm glad that you, uh, you had the opportunity to come on and, and talk to us. I've been, I've been really excited about it. Um, so with, uh, you know, like I said, I'm with the New Right Network here. Um, so kind of the other thing is, you know, you can also find the New Right Network at www.newrightnetwork.com. Um, you can follow us on Twitter and all the other social medias um, at New Right Network. And I just want to say a big thank you to Ava Armstrong for being here with us. Um, I hope to see everybody again. You've been listening to New Right Network, mobilizing, countering, energizing, online at newrightnetwork.com. <laughs> <laughs>